Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you, and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orris, and today we'll be talking to Matthew Bayronavond about his new show, Math with Matthew. And also, we're going to be reviewing the films, My Big Fat Freak Wedding 2, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. We're going to be having a discussion about how our super movie is so successful. And also, we're going to be talking about the event, the Chipmunk Special Event, and also the show, ABC Monsters, starring IJKL. But right now, we're going to talk to Matthew Bayronavard, and we're going to talk to him about his new show, Math with Matthew. How are you doing, Matthew? Hi, thanks so much, Jerry, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. No problem. So can you tell us about your show? Absolutely. So when I was growing up uh, as a teenager, my favorite show was Bill Nye the Science Guy. Really got me excited about science, got me interested in it. And as I became a math teacher uh, 15 or so years ago, I realized that there was no great shows on TV about math. And so over the course of my time becoming a math teacher, math professor, math administrator, Administrator, I said to myself, how can I make it more fun and engaging for kids so they can enjoy math? And so I created this pilot TV show called Math with Matthew, the Pythagorean Project, as a way to get kids genuinely interested about learning math. Now, I watched the pilot for your show, and I love it. It has a lot of different songs, and you're talking about a math concept, the Pythagorean theorem. Now, I wanted to know why out of all the things in math and algebra, geometry, why did you choose that as your first episode? Well, the reason I, I, I chose that, a couple of reasons. One is that I felt like it was really rich in the content, both in the way I could teach it and some songs that I could create for it. Also, it's really one of the most powerful mathematical formulas out there. So I figured I would start with the easy one. We have up to 20 possible episodes that we're hoping to be creating over the next couple of years uh, if we can find some sponsorship for it but we started with the one that was really rich it could attract many different ages from ages six up to teenagers who might enjoy it and really be able to say hey I know that formula but I know it not just as a squared plus b squared equals c squared now I truly understand it and it makes sense to me yeah because you did show a lot of animating different pictures that really explain why the theorem looks like it is so I definitely enjoyed it. And out of all the mathematical subjects, which one is your favorite? Well, I'm really an algebra guy by trade. That was what I was best at. And the algebra led to calculus for me. So that was what I was most successful in. However, I really have a love of geometry, which is really the Pythagorean theorem is an algebraic equation based on a geometric figure of triangles. Um, So geometry is great as well. And the great thing about doing this was that we were able to create our own songs for uh, the for the show. We were able to show how it can be applied to the real world with music as well as that baseball scene we're doing and really that we can see that kids can have fun learning math, which so many kids don't. So that's what I'm really trying to change. 
And speaking of songs, outside of your show, you do have a few songs on your channel, mathwithmatthew.com. And out of all the songs, including the songs in your episode, what do you think is your favorite? Well, to be honest, I think the first one we ever did is my favorite, and that's What is the Value of Pi? And that's based upon the popular song, What Does the Fox Say? And that was the first one we ever did, and we went through all the digits of Pi, and it's become a very successful, popular song, especially on Pi Day, and it's had over 75,000 hits on YouTube. So the fans uh, who, who watch it have, have found that to be the most popular one as well. And in school, you said you love math. What made you fall in love with math? What made me really fall in love with math is the fact that the whole real, the whole world can really be explained by math. Um, in one way or another, math surrounds our lives. Some of us try to ignore it. Others, it doesn't make sense. Um, but for me, math really just helps me understand the whole world. And I became a math teacher partially because I didn't understand math very well until I got to high school and had a few very good teachers. And then it really rang true to me because I understood it. So I said that I wanted to become a teacher of math so that I could teach kids in a way that makes sense to them and gets them excited about math because, in my opinion, it's one of the most important subjects and one that many teachers struggle with the ability to teach it in a fun and engaging manner to help build their conceptual understanding of the topics. So that became my mission as a teacher. Speaking of fun and engaging, what do you think is the best way to teach kids math? Well, the best thing to do is really have them be able to get their hands dirty, be actively involved in the learning of the mathematics. We should not be just direct teaching to them all of the time, a teacher-centered classroom. We should be able to get the kids to be involved, actively learning it, showing them how it can be applied to the real world, showing them the context for the mathematics. So the more doing that the students are doing, as opposed to just listening or watching, the more successful they'll be and the more likely they will be to like it. I think that sounds like a fantastic way. You're listening to Kids vs. Common Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And today we're going to talk about the movies My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. We're going to talk about the discussion, how our super movies become so successful. We're also going to be talking about the movie ABC Monster starring IJKL and also talk about the event chipmunk special event but right now we're going to continue talking to matthew about his show math with matthew and he was kind of talking about how the best way for kids to learn math is not for a teacher just give them problems to get their hands dirty to really understand the concept so matthew for people who say i think that math is very important but for people who say that math is never used in day-to-day life what do you say to them well i think it's important that teachers take time in a daily lesson to be able to show the students how it can be applied in the real world now maybe they may not be using it on a daily basis. You know, there's some math once you get up higher level that it's not actively used every day. But all math in some way or another can really be applied to the real world, either through day-to-day operations or it can be used with computer programming or physics. Uh, we're astronauts. There's always math can be applied. So it's important that teachers, when they're doing a 60-minute or 50-minute lesson, they take one or two minutes and talk about, here's what we're doing with the math. Here's how it can be applied to the real world and here's how you're going to use it in your future math classes we need to be honest and share as much as we can about with the kids as opposed to saying we're doing it because that's what it says in our textbook well you're not going to get buy-in like that that's very true and you also mentioned earlier that you are a teacher and that i know that you also teach math history so can you talk about the importance of math math history a little bit 
Sure. So I um, I was a classroom teacher for about 13 years and I became an administrator. So I run a math department at a local school system and I also teach at the graduate level. So I teach in the math department at a university and I teach future teachers at a different university to help prepare teachers. And my favorite class that I teach is called the history of math. And it's a combination of math teachers who take the course and also just mathematicians. And what's so great about the course is that we can learn about all the famous mathematicians both from Eastern and Western mathematics and see about how some of these famous formulas like the Pythagorean theorem or like the value of pi had been developed and became more precise over the years. And we can also hear some stories about how some mathematicians, it took them six or seven years to come up with a formula. It can't always be done in one or two minutes like like people try to do in class. And oftentimes, mathematicians make errors and make mistakes. And it's okay to make mistakes. So we can share with the students, say, if you make a mistake, not a problem. Everybody makes mistakes, even Einstein, even Newton, even Pythagoras. They all made mistakes, too, and that's okay. I think that's great advice for kids who are struggling with math or trying to learn math. Do you have any other tips to give them? Well, I think what we need to do is focus on problem solving. And sometimes students try to give up too early and try to seek immediate help from their teacher to immediately get the answer again to hint. So what teachers need to really do is spend time and allow them to work things out, show them multiple strategies of how to solve a problem. The more ways you know how to solve a problem, the more successful you will be. So just take time. Don't try to rush through the lessons and the problems. It's better better to take one problem and do it slowly and solve it multiple ways than take 20 problems that are exact same and just, you know, like you're a, a computer here, do the same problem 20 times. What are you really learning there? I would argue not much. I think that's really good advice. I'm definitely like to follow that, trying to find out how you actually do the problems and then practicing it. And in school or in life, what was the most amazing mathematical idea that you ever learned? Well, for me, it was a different phase in my life that I really got impressed with math. But if, for me, it was high school where I really found a love for math. And when we learned about there's such a thing as an imaginary number, that totally blew my mind. Okay, rational numbers and irrational numbers, I guess that kind of makes sense. And now all of a sudden you're learning about a number that's imaginary. What is that all about? And that got me very interested in the abstract math not always can be applied to the real life, but there's really some intrinsic beauty behind it that got really got me really motivated to learn more about the math. Imaginary numbers do definitely sound like very interesting. I'm going to I'm going to do some more research about that as well. Now, what is your goal of the show? I know it is to teach math, but do you have any other goals for it? Well, my goal for the show really is and my goal for what I do with my website, mathwithmatthew.com, is to overall increase students interest and engagement in learning math through this pilot TV show that you watched and we're talking about here through these math music videos that I do through a podcast through video blogs everything is really my mission is to help get kids more genuinely interested in math in a very authentic way so if this pilot episode plays some small part in that I feel like it was a a success well thank you so much for talking to me about your wonderful show I definitely recommend it I love the pilot And if you'd like more information about what he's doing and his show, what Matthew's doing, you can go to his site at mathwithmatthew.com. Thank you so much for having me on. And thanks to Kids First for really spending some time to talk with me. Thank you so much for making amazing content. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And this show is sponsored by Lily's Driftwood Bay by Encircle Entertainment. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to the program Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done interviewing Matthew Bayronavant, Math with Matthew, while I was going to be talking about my big fat Greek writing 2, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and talking about how comic book movies have been so successful. Also, the Chipmunks special event and ABC Monsters. Now, right now, I'm talking with Jerry about the sequel to my big fat Greek writing of the same name. How are you doing, Jerry? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Fantastic. Great to hear from you, by the way. His birthday was a was a few days ago so i want to wish you a late happy birthday jerry so thank, thank you, you very on the show. much of course so tell us a bit about my big fat greek wedding what did you think about it well i kind of liked it i honestly thought i'll be completely honest i thought the comedy would be cheesy and stereotypical because honestly i looked at the first one i thought no it's pretty funny but would it do good in a second one and i was genuinely surprised it was very hilarious there's a few tweaks with it i think they could have improved on Overall, though, it was a fantastic film. It did not even close live up to the original, of course, but it is still a hilarious film and a great family film. So you have seen the first one? I have. Now, with that knowledge, do you feel like this film, other people need to watch the first film to get really in connect, to be connected with the characters to see the second one? Well, I decided I only kind of reviewed the story since I haven't seen the film in four or five years now. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really missing much. I did see a lot of common elements like the style of humor, the style of camera shots, the music, like a lot of the things were the same between films. So 
returning fans were definitely going to be pleased for a film a lot like the first one. Fans who kind of want something new, like me, were a little bit disappointed, but still, it was a hilarious film. And I think if it was standalone, not ever connected to the original My Big Fat Greek Wedding, it did really well. Now, you mentioned as a, that while you still enjoyed the film, there was some tweaks you wanted to mention. Can you talk about those little tweaks that it could improve? Yeah, like I said, it's a lot related to the first one. It's like I was watching the first one again. And another thing I felt is that a lot of the scenes were a little stretched out and unnecessary. I understand mm-hmm. some of the scenes could have added more humor but i'm not gonna spoil it but a lot of like the whole five to ten minutes was not really necessary it was fading black you thought i was gonna go to credits and then it was like an almost 10 minute long epilogue and i just didn't think it was that necessary there are those films out there those scenes where you just be like okay cut it just a tiny bit just we get it thank you move on cut check print the gate moving on but you know what? That's just director's decision, and that's how the film goes. Now, you mentioned the comedy style in this film is much like the original. Tell us a bit about specifically what made the comedy funny. Well, it's just kind of the idea that the film really talks about this Greek family, and they're doing very typical Greek things. You know, the higher-up generations, they're talking about how the Greeks invented every word, and then the kids are, like, talking about how each word is connected to a Greek word, and... It's funny because in the old film, they were talking about that all the time. Then you have returning characters who did the same thing they did at the as the old film. That's something I love because do remember it's been, what, over 10 years since the last My Big Fat Greek Wedding. This cast, almost every single person from the last film, including a few people, all came back to do it. And the acting is just spot on it looks like it was really 11 12 years after the last film so just to be able to do that was perfect this is coming from someone who has not seen the first big fat greek wedding but i feel like i go to some families' houses for holidays and it's funny i feel like sometimes some families are just that could be a movie in itself the comedy just writes itself with the different types of families you meet and not every family is perfect but I mean, I'm speaking for a lot of people out there. I love my family, and sometimes they do such wacky things that I just wish I had a camera and we could just make a blockbuster film out of it because it's just like, it's so weird what the stuff they do. And looks like this film kind of puts it in a, in a Greek point of view. Anywho, so what would you say the moral of this story is? You know, I say not to be embarrassed by your family because the whole plot of the film is that Paris, the daughter of Tula, who is the main character in the last film, is now kind of dealing with the same problem Tula had, that her family is pressuring her to get a Greek boyfriend when she may not want that. And Paris, you can see her, she's a teenager, and she's a, a little moody, and she is embarrassed by her family. She's embarrassed by all the strange things they do, and pressuring her to get a boyfriend, have a family, when she may not want to do that in life. So I think it's that. Don't be embarrassed by your family and your family's family, no matter what. So that's definitely the main moral. Fantastic. And how many stars would you give this film? I'd give it four out of five stars because despite a few nitpicks with it, I honestly thought it was an enjoyable, hilarious film. And what would you say the age range it would be for this? It is somewhat mature, so I'd give an age rating of 14 to 18. The jokes are definitely meant for more mature people. They have some more adult references to them. Well, good to know. Well, it's in theaters now. Thank you so much, Jay, for talking about my big fat Greek wedding. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about my big fat Greek wedding too. An interview with Matthew Bayranavan with Math with Matthew. We're also going to be talking about comic book films, the Chipmunks special event, and ABC Monsters. This show is sponsored by Lily's Driftwood Bay. 
And I'm going to turn it over to Jerry about our next segment. Thank you very much. And right now we're going to be talking to Kiefer Nathaniel about the new film Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. So, Kiefer, how are you doing? Uh, peachy. Thank you very much, Jerry. No problem. And Nathaniel, how are you doing? I am doing good. So, Kiefer, what did you think of this film? When people ask me that, I pretty much respond by saying what Marvel tried to do in five years, DC tried to do in two films, Man of Steel, and then it went straight into Batman v Superman. Pretty much what you would expect. I find it a little bit of a mess, and quite frankly, I'm disappointed, but I didn't have high expectations when I first saw it anyway, so. And Nathaniel, what is the story of this film? Actually, as I say in my review, I do not get the story, because <laughs> it was way too confusing, and maybe some people got it, but I was not one of those people for sure. Now, I kind of watched a lot of different things, and I honestly didn't understand the story as well. And Kiefer, did you feel like there's a lot of unnecessary characters? Because that's what I felt. You know what? I want to just go off of Nathaniel's comment. The direction style of Zack Schneider, he's known for going back and forth from past to present. That's how Man of Steel was. First he's a boy, now he's a young man in the next scene. Then he's a boy, then he's a young man. Goes from past to present, past to present. In this film, even though I'm a big geek for this kind of stuff and I know what's going on, I didn't know what's really going on. He goes from the origin story to the present day to a dream sequence, to maybe in the not-so-distant future, to maybe an alternate reality. I mean, it just goes back and forth to a point where the editing is just so baffling how confusing it is. I mean, that's pretty much my perspective on the story, so Nathaniel, you are not the only one, my friend. Okay, good. For a second, I thought it was just me and my family. And Nathaniel, this was hyped almost as much as Star Wars. So do you think that people had a little bit high expectations or do you think they just did a bad job with this film? I think that they did have very high expectations, but just I have one comment. Before many movies, I watched the trailer and in the trailer, I kind of shape out a story. But whenever I go to see the movie, I understand that what I shaped out was wrong. And this trailer totally misled me as well. I do have to ask this question because I'm simply curious. Is there actually any scene when it's Batman versus Superman? Yes, it is. But without spoiling it, I want to say that there is scenes Batman versus Superman, but it is not all about Batman versus Superman. And that's probably where the Dawn of Justice part comes in. So, Kiefer, in the trailer and all, all about the film, there's clearly a lot of special effects. How did they do with the CGI? I'm going to go off my mother's comment. She thought she was watching a video game at some points. And I will say some of the effects are great. I feel like the Batmobile scene with Ben Affleck, it was spectacular. That was a great scene. The Batmobile looked beautiful. It was exactly what we wanted. CGI, I mean, it's okay. It's nothing revolutionary. There's some good parts in there. And I will say this, as much as we kvetch about how messy the film is, there are some redeeming qualities. Ben Affleck as Batman, I love this kind of Batman they, they try to portray in this film. This older, broken down, darker sort of Bruce Wayne type of character, which was fantastic. And portray Ben Affleck very well. That was a redeeming quality. Henry Cavill as Superman, great. And I even loved Wonder Woman for her very small part. Even though she was in there for a little tiny bit, she's pretty cool. But again, those cool characters are damaged by how messy the story is. And after all these comments, how many stars would you give it, Kiefer? Out of five. With the low expectations I had, and yet there were some redeeming qualities, I would probably give it three out of five stars. And Nathaniel, how about you? I was pretty close to his, but two and a half, because 
most of it I was really confused, but it was probably because of the age difference, because after all, he is five years older than me. Speaking of age, what do you think is the age range for this, Kiefer? I would say about 13 through 18 year olds. There were some dark, kind of gritty moments in this film, but I feel like kids could handle this. Well, thank you guys so much for talking to me. Daniel and Kiefer. Nathaniel, by the way, is 10, Kiefer is 15. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And this show is sponsored by Lily Driftwood Bay by Encircle Entertainment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon Appetit! Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper C. Blakesley. We just got done talking about Batman v Superman, and my big fat Greek wedding too, and interviewed Math with Matthew Bayranavad. And also, we're going to be talking about the Chipmunk Special Event and ABC Monsters right now. I'm with Brandon, who's 18, and we're going to have a discussion about superhero films, the success of them, and a little bit about Civil War versus Batman v Superman. So, Brandon, thank you for being on the program. Oh, thank you, man, and glad to nerd out right now. Let me get a drink <laughs> of my Marvel cup, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's, that's good Marvel. Anyway, so let's get into this. So, all right, first of all, have you seen the years of films this year? 2016, six comic book films are coming out this year. Two of them already out, and one of the big ones is coming out in May. It's been a big, huge superhero film overdose. What do you think about this? It's... 
a lot of competition because I mean Marvel's been pumping out content. I mean ever since well. It's a, it, the Cinematic Universe's inception of about 2008 with Iron Man. And DC, even though it's had its juggernaut with Batman and the, the ah. recent Batman films, yeah, then the success of that, they're kind of in this weird place where they go, okay, well, we just got done with like a great series and we got a bunch of money out of it and a bunch of publicity. So now we kind of have to develop these new characters. And it doesn't seem like they're able to do it. So they just said, you know what? We're just going to throw as many of them out there. You know, Green Lantern, you're going to get one. Wonder Woman, you're going to get one. Aquaman, you're going to get one. You, you know? get a so movie. You get a movie. You everyone get a- gets a movie. I agree with you. Marvel seems to be just like packing heat, especially with its development. And DC sadly kind of is left in the dust. It's sad because DC has some great heroes and characters that I would love to see in the cinematic universe. Looking at the list and I look at the DC you know, movies uh, compared to the Marvel movies and you talk about the Superman series during like the late 70s, early 80s. And then you have the spree of Batman movies like Batman Returns, yes. the original Batman, stuff like that. And now it just seems like kind of plateaued, you know? But I feel like DC has created one of the best superhero films of all time, Dark Knight, which is one of my personal favorites. I love Marvel, but compared to all the films, Christopher Nolan with his with that adaptation of Batman is fantastic. I want to see more of that. With that, because Dark Knight is... I've seen it a bunch of times. With Dark Knight, man, it's... It's such a unique film that mm-hmm. to get that same feel and that same twist, it's tough because there, yeah. there's no other character like the Joker, okay? Mm-hmm. And there's no other conflict like Batman and Joker. You can't just say, oh, uh, Captain America and Red Skull are the same thing as Batman and Joker. No, it's tough to make a script yeah. that would be like that, you know? And what's interesting is the kind of counterparts DC and Marvel's doing. We have a, a versus movie, Batman v Superman and Civil War, coming out this year and then we have suicide squad which is fairly similar to guardians of the galaxy a lot especially with the trailer i mean with guardians of the galaxy you got an 80s song which is hooked on a feeling and with this you got bohemian rhapsody so you are seeing the similarities where dc is trying its best to outsmart marvel but doing the same exact thing marvel's trying to do but sadly it's more developed. Well, let's talk about Suicide Squad. Do you feel like that could be a surprise hit? Definitely. I, I predict that that's going to be the one because they've got some solid casting choices. Will Smith, the woman who plays Harley Quinn. We got the guy who plays Joe. Jared Leto. There you go. Jared Leto. That's right. Yep. Yes. And then they have like a good feel. It has a good feel to it. Like same thing with, with Deadpool. Deadpool mm-hmm. got so much success yeah. because of just the wacky story and same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy because you look at the cast and it's like okay well there's a few big names and then the director is like oh okay well you know he's kind of done some stuff but because of the script and this and the story of it and the entertainment value i think that's what's gonna push suicide squad to that next tier that's gonna separate it from all of these other DC films. And you feel like that could DC bounce back with that film? They could bounce back, but man, I think it's going to take this film and like another very successful film, probably the Justice League. If Justice League hits the mark, which it probably will, then they'll get in the positive direction because it seems like, I keep on referring back to this list, Dark Knight, good. Watchmen, good. Green Lantern, uh, Man <laughs> of Steel, eh. And then now I heard you guys talking about Batman versus Superman. And 
man. We're going to continue talking about that later. I'm your host, Kiva C. Blakesley. We're talking about the success of comic book films, and also we talked about Batman v Superman, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and we interviewed Matthew Bayronavand, and also we're going to talk about the Chipmunk Special Event and ABC Monsters. We're going to continue talking about the success with comic book films right now. We talked about how comic book films have been very successful. I'm curious. Do you feel like with this huge outbreak in superhero films, do you feel like the anticipation for some of these films have withered away? Because yeah, there's so many of them. Because we've been, we we only got like superhero films once a year, maybe like two films. Now we got true, six true. superhero films this year. That's a lot of films. Do you feel like with all these films pumping out, do you feel like that we're gonna kind of get tired of them? Not necessarily. I say it has the reverse effect. I say that with all the past movies and all the movies that are coming up, it's going to be a tremendous amount of hype behind them. That now with every like the Doctor Strange movie that's gonna come out this year, yeah. Yeah. Uh, are they gonna say, well, is it gonna be another Ant-Man? Or is it gonna be like Iron Man? And they're just gonna be comparing it to the different movies. You know, the Wonder Woman movie. Is it gonna be good? Is it gonna be solid and like i said it's just this weird area where you know they're gonna make a ton of money off it uh, off any movie because like you said just a, a decade or so ago we would get like maybe you know a spider-man movie here and there and then an x-men movie here and there and then like the superman movie now man they're just money money you know like just a ton, man. Well, now that brings me up to nothing. Is it just money? All these films, are they only, are they only just blockbuster films? Because I like to look at these films a lot bigger in our cinema universe. How do you feel like the comic book films contribute to just cinema? Not regarding big budget and box office, actual stories and characters. Well, with we, and we talked about Dark Knight. I think that's the biggest exception because while it was a great hit, the, you know, from cinematography to audio to great characters and everything that's the pinnacle of everything now when you look at the other movies i mean you know you take away some good things here and there and not to knock on the fast and furious franchise but it's kind of like you know the fast and furious movie you got a bunch of these very well-known actors it's an action movie and with the exception of maybe the original avengers and of course the the origin story of a lot of these movies it's just kind of them you know fighting each other with with iron man 3 iron man 2 avengers age of ultron it yeah it introduces some characters but i don't know man I, what do you think I, I don't think it really does anything now, to- I, I agree with you with some of the films some films are just popcorn films i like you just go there to watch some of your favorite heroes and villains beat it out. Devotron was one of those films. But I would like to look at films like Suicide Squad or Deadpool. Well, they try something new. I mean, it is our favorite comic book characters coming to life. That's why I feel like it's great in cinema because our favorite heroes are finally coming on the big screen and that's that's what we, and through the power of cinema, we're able to bring them to life. So that's how I look at it. I look at it that they are contributing a lot because we're able to create these characters and then finally bring them together in this epic battle of proportion. Well, it's let, like let me back ask adventures. Them. Let me ask okay. you something, because we're talking about all these great films. What are some of the films that you think missed the mark? Because for me, I think it was Avengers Age of Ultron. That it feels like they could have done so much more with Ultron, but they just kind of no, just took away that, the power. Yeah. The problem with that film, they did too much in that film. They had, they almost mm-hmm. burst the bubble with so much going on. With Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, so much was going on with these additions of new characters and too much was going on in that film, in my opinion. Okay. But what missed the mark, one of them was Batman v Superman because 
they did force and try to rush a lot of backstory in there to a point where it just it wasn't as fun that's what i feel like makes civil war gonna be better because we know these characters we know who they are we've pretty much built most of them up and now they actually have conflict within each other on a certain subject that will create drama and I feel they will create not just an epic battle, just action battle, but a battle between two powerful characters. Yeah, so definitely. Yeah. We can talk about this for hours, mm-hmm. but we only have 10 minutes. Thank you so much, oh, Brandon, for talking about, <laughs> for geeking out with me. This has been a great discussion. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. Of course. And ladies and gentlemen, as we say, we love these films, love comic book films. So please go to your own opinions of what you feel like comic book films and what they mean to cinema. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper C. Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by InCircle Entertainment, Lily's Driftwood, and we're also going to be talking about the Chipmunks special event and ABC Monsters. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. We've been talking to Matthew Barnard about his Math with Matthew show. We talked about the films My Big Factory 22, Batman vs. Superman, and also we had a discussion about how are comic book movies so successful. But right now we're going to talk to Abigail about her experience at the Alvin and the Chipmunks Easter DVD release. So, Abigail, how are you doing? I am doing great. Are you in a happy birthday, Jerry? Thank you very much. So, Abigail, can you tell us about all the fun stuff you did at this event? Well, all the fun stuff was that I got my face painted as a dog, and the face painter was such an amazing 
artist. I loved it. And there was uh, kids hang out after. If the parents, like, want to have a night out, they can drop their kids off for $15. And they go into this little treehouse thing, the kids, wait, the creator's face. And they get to play there. They have uh, tons of crafts. Like, they kind of, like, have painting, drawing, sketching. And after that, there's a store you open to the treehouse. There's this treehouse in, inside the kids' creator space. And they go up, and it's such beautiful. They can see the beautiful view. And I really, really love it. At the end, they get this goodie bag where I went in the chickmunks bag. And then I got gum. And we got this headphones come came in a headphones case that said Elvin and the Chickmunks. We got this little Elvin plushie. And we got some Num Nums little chocolate chip muffins. It was delicious. Now, it sounds like you did a lot of fun stuff at this event. Did you have a favorite activity? My favorite activity was I got to meet Tori Spelling and play for kids also. And it was very fun at the end. I really liked going to the kids' creator space. I loved the treehouse. It was really amazing. I got to draw a little. It was really fun. So I, I really, really love that. So you mentioned meeting Tori Spelling. Did you meet anybody else? Yes, I got to meet other people. Like who? I got to meet Daniela Guzman. I got to meet, and she was actually a reporter for Channel 4 News Anchor. Beautiful and smart and other actors. And I got to interview some little kids. So there was like, when we were watching the movie, there's like 30 or 50 kids watching it. So it was Amazing. And did you learn anything interesting about the film? I learned that it kind of was like, we all thought it was a big happy family. We kind of learned that family can get together. And sometimes like Dave played by Jonathan Lee, he was going to propose to his girlfriend. We all thought they would come to a big like happy family, but they actually didn't in the end. So we thought it would be come into a big happy family so i loved that and we uh, we learned that sometimes if your dad proposes to a girlfriend sometimes it doesn't all work out so that's really funny and speaking of the film since we were talking about the film what did what did you think of the film overall did you enjoy it i really enjoyed it i i loved simon theater and elvin you know they all had the most screen time because they're the chickmunks they're the star and I think that my favorite character is Elvin, because all deep down we all have an Elvin, like we don't listen to our parents, and like we all have a craziness in them. I really, really loved when Elvin and the Chickmunks drugged these squirrels, and then they ripped up the whole house So in the furniture. It was really funny. And do you have any like negative opinions, or did you just love the whole film? I just loved the whole film, you know? There was nothing about it I didn't like. I thought it had really great sparks in that casting directors just made it a big fantastic film i loved it and how many stars would you give this film i give this like five out of four stars and why is that because you know it's good but it could be a little more like more that could have had a little more interesting a little i thought it was interesting but it could be a little more well thank you so much for talking to me if you'd like to get the dvd for alvin the chipmunks the road trip it is now in stores near you and also online you're listening to kids first contractions on the voice america kids network and today we talked to matthew bernard about his show matthew math with matthew we talked about the films my big fat greek wedding Two, batman versus superman dawn of justice we also talked about why are comic book films so successful 
And we also talked about the movie right now, the Chipmunk special event. And right now we're going to talk to Samantha about the show ABC Monsters starring IJKL. How are you doing, Samantha? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So what did you think of this show? Well, this show was definitely educational, even though it might not have been fit for my age group or anybody older than my age age group. I still think it would be great for younger kids because it was very, very educational and fun for younger ages speaking of educational do you think it's good educational material for kids do you think it teaches them a lot yeah i do i like shows that teach kids without them actually know that they're learning and kind of interact with the kids while the kids are watching it and this show does that a lot it asks the kids questions it kind of waits for the answer and then like gives them the answer i do see a lot of shows do that too but it's something that I really find interesting when shows do that, and the kids will usually answer back. And so it's in it's like an interactive show that will help kids learn, basically. And does this show have a story, or is it mainly just educational material? There was a story behind all the episodes, which is basically the letters that were in the Alphabet Castle that are supposed to stay in the walls of the Alphabet Castle escaped the ABC monsters have to go and find them before they are erased from the alphabet completely and erased from all books in the alphabet kingdom. And they do follow this storyline in the episode somewhat, but they also kind of go into other things to also like teach kids. And I know that it's meant for very young kids, but did it keep your attention throughout the episodes? I would say it did because I had to focus on it to grasp everything that was happening, but it did keep my attention and I would and I would think it would keep a kid's attention too if it kept mine. And do you have a favorite scene? Well, all of these scenes were kind of the same because they kind of use the same idea of they kind of use the same idea of how to teach kids and how to and like what to do in the episodes and I found them kind of repeating some of the things they said and some of the things they would do and most of it was just teaching kids really so and they did the same thing over and over and over again so my favorite way that they taught the kids was when they would sing a song about what was happening with the kid and then they would ask the kids questions and yeah, so I liked when they have to ask the kids questions because it's like interacting with the kids that are watching it. I think that's a great way to teach kids. I personally think songs are one of the best ways songs and videos, they really do connect with kids and they, and they are just a lot of fun to learn from. Now, you meant, we mentioned several times that this is meant for little kids and it's meant to educate them. Do you think it does a good job of that or do you think that it's just a little repetitive or a little repeated? Well, it is repeated a lot. And I, but I don't think that's a bad thing because they don't repeat. They repeat the same ways of teaching kids. They don't repeat the same things that they're teaching. So throughout the episode, they'll face different problems and kids will learn. And I think do a good job of teaching that because they start off slow and then they kind of build up. And first they started off with like how to spell words and then they started off with trying to solve the mystery. So it kind of went from something really, really easy to hard. And I think that would make it easier for kids to watch the show and learn more from it rather than them just putting the hard things all at once and then some easy things in the middle. It kind of builds up. Yeah, I, I think I, I definitely agree with that. And that makes a lot of sense. Now, we talked about songs a little bit. How are the quality of the songs, like the soundtrack in the series? The songs are little baby songs. And in my opinion, they were kind of corny. But for little kids, of course, they would be great. Because a lot of other kids' shows, too, they use songs to teach kids. And the songs were very catchy. I found myself singing some after I finished watching the episodes. So, yeah, I would say the songs are pretty good at 
what they were trying to do, which was educate kids. And, and they were catching so kids would remember them better. Awesome. And very quickly, can you tell us how many stars you give this show? I would give this show four out of five stars. Thank you so much for talking to us, uh, talking to us about ABC Monster starring IJKL. If you'd like to check it out, you can now find it on DVD. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Tractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice of America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Lily Striftwood Bay by N-Circle Entertainment. Thanks for listening. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? 
Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 